Well, there's no other way to put it. The Louisville offense struggled mightily in the 16-6 loss to the Florida State Seminoles in the ACC Championship game. We're going to break down the performance on this reaction episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, Obviously, a really, really tough day. For the Louisville offense, um, the Cardinals really couldn't get anything going. We'll talk about the loss itself um, and the implications, or what I should say is the effects of this loss in the first segment. We'll break it down a little bit more and talk about the offensive struggles in the middle part of the show. And then finally, we'll answer the question, what happens next? A lot of people are asking that, and we'll talk about that coming up in the final segment of the show. Um, for starters, my main takeaway is is what a brutal, brutal outcome. Um, you know, a chance to really show that that game against Kentucky was, um, you know, a one-time thing and that you were going to be able to bounce back sort of like you did when you lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah, you got a chance on national TV, 8 o'clock primetime against a team that if they won, they likely – are going to punch their ticket to the playoff, although it's really not set in stone at the moment. But there was a lot of eyes on this game in particular. And to go out there and to only score six points uh, to offense for the offense to play the way it did, um, it's almost like a worst-case scenario uh, for the game. Now, the defense, I felt like, did what it needed to do outside of one drive where they allowed uh, Lawrence Toafili to run all over the field on them. I thought the defense did what they needed to do, all things considered, against a third-string quarterback. And that's another thing is, optically, this loss doesn't look good. Now, granted, it's against a Florida State team that is 12-0. They have a very good defense. There's a lot of talent on that team overall. But when you look at it and really understand the context is that Lowell was going up against a third-string quarterback that uh, it wasn't known whether or not he was going to get the start um, pretty much up until game time. Now, did Florida State know if he was going to start? Eh, maybe. I mean, concussions are really tricky, so it's – too hard to tell, and we probably will never know that answer. But regardless, the answer truly is that, well, the third string had to make the start in a huge game in the ACC championship game. He didn't really play good whatsoever. I mean, he was 8 of 21 for 55 yards, but Florida State was just able to neutralize a Louisville offense that came into this game, averaging over 30 points per game. And I know what everyone's going to say. People are going to look right at Jack Plummer and blame this on him. And we'll talk about that, the offensive struggles in the next segment. Um, but I will say that this all this this loss in particular is pretty much on everyone. Now the defense, it's hard to blame as much as you as you can or cannot because of the performance that they put out there. Um 
But they, I mean, they missed some opportunities as well. But the defense is what kept this team in the game. Offensively is where the team really, really struggled. And they couldn't overcome some self-inflicted mistakes. There were some penalties. You know, I will never blame a game on officiating. I think it's lazy. I think that it is a cop-out. I honestly just, it's cringy to me if you look right to officiating and say, well, we lost because the referees stop. Let me just help you there. Stop. Now, with that being said, you know, I I saw some of these holds and pass interference calls made against Louisville, and I'm never going to be mad about the correct call being made. If it's a hold, call the hold. If it's a pass interference, call the pass interference. I think that more often than not, the penalties on Louisville tonight, I thought they were pretty justified. And I, if you're, I mean, sure, I might be a little salty about it because there are penalties and it can stall a drive. But at the end of the day, I respect a referee doing his job and penalizing a foul. With that being said, if that's the case, I would like it to be called both ways pretty fairly. Um, now, you look at the penalties. And it might not necessarily tell the full tale here because Louisville had five for 48. Florida State had three for 20. But there were multiple times, and you can see the photographic evidence that many Louisville fans have put out there, Aston Gelati being held. Um, pass interferences that just simply were not called, especially in the first half. The officiating, it felt like you knew was going to be one-sided because of what was at stake. And I honestly thought that it was one-sided for the most part. That said, I'm not going to blame this game on officiating. Louisville hurt themselves in this game. But, hey, let's also give credit to Florida State. If you didn't know, that defense that Mike Norvell has is extremely talented. There are multiple soon-to-be or future first-round picks on that defense. They have probably, in my opinion, the best pass rush that the Cardinals have gone up against all season. Jared Verse is an absolute star. He's going to be a first-round pick in April. He's going to play many years on Sundays. Not only that, but they have an extreme amount of talent on that defensive line. Um, Now, granted, this isn't a perfect defense, but there's a ton of size, there's a ton of speed, and there's a ton of strength in that front seven Um, a talented back half of the defensive secondary as well. So I don't think you can come away from this game and not give credit to Florida State because why do you think Louisville struggled so much? Sure, some of these were missed opportunities. Some of these were unforced errors that the defense had nothing to do with. But make no mistake about it, I felt that the defense from Florida State executed their game plan to almost a T and held one of the nation's best scoring offenses to six points. And, um, I mean, you just have to tip your hat in that regard. Two things can be true at one time. And I know people that are commenting now in the future or, you know, after this episode is done, you're going to look at this episode and say, well, I mean, yeah, you're giving credit to Florida State, but also look what Louisville, yes, I know. Two things can be true at one time. We're going to credit Florida State because that's a great defense. Say what you want about the offense I mean, they're playing with the third-string quarterback. Do they deserve to be in the playoff or not? Well, that's that's your opinion. But the fact of the matter is, is that defense has a ton of talent, and 
as much as it sucks to do, you have to give them credit for keeping Louisville on their toes, making them uncomfortable, putting them in situations that they do not want to be in, and getting them off the field and putting the ball back in the hands of their offense. And they executed their game plan, and that's what it all comes down to. Louisville did not execute. Um, I thought that, all things considered, Norvell coached pretty decently. Um, Outcoached Braum in some situations. Um which it is what it is. That is a very, very good football team against, or that that's a very good football team that Louisville played against on Saturday evening. But let's talk about the offense. The offensive struggles, I'll be honest, it was probably one of the roughest offensive performances that I've seen from a Louisville football team in quite some time. And we're going to try to break it down and analyze it to a T. Um, here coming up shortly after we talk about our friends and title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. The weather's getting colder, but make no mistake about it, the NFL offer stays hot on FanDuel. New customers right now get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting with spreads, player props, over-unders, boosts, and my favorite single-game parlays. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Let's talk offense. And there, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people that turn and point their finger to one man. They're going to look at this game and say, well, if Louisville had a better quarterback, the Cardinals would have won. And let me preface the argument by saying that, yes, this was, I think, hands down, Jack Plummer's worst performance as a Louisville Cardinal. And there's no debating that. I mean, you look at what he did, and um, I mean, he was, let's see, 14 of 36, 111 yards, zero touchdowns to one interception. I think that there were multiple times to where he missed wide open players. He held on to the ball for too long. Obviously, the interception in the end zone, the intentional grounding call on the very next possession. There were a lot of times where Jack Plummer, made mistakes in this game. And I think he would tell you that. I think Jeff Brom would tell you that. But this might not necessarily be popular to suggest, but I have a tough time having watched the full game on Saturday night and saying that this is only due to Jack Plummer's performance. Was Jack Jack Plummer perfect? No. Did he have a good performance? No. But did anyone else on the offense have a good performance is the main question. I think that you can point your fingers all you want to a certain player or a couple of players, but I don't think that that takes away the fact that, frankly, I felt Florida State's defense just outplayed, outmatched, and outschemed the Louisville offense. Like I said, they made the Cardinals uncomfortable in making this a very pass-oriented game. Brom said it himself. When it became a very heavy pass-oriented game, Louisville struggled. Um You had your opportunities in the second half to where you got short field position, but you weren't able to turn it into points, um, or you had to go for a field goal. Louisville had the opportunity first and goal inside the Florida State 10. Jordan runs for a yard. They try a trick play. Jamari Thrash loses a good amount of yardage, and then 
an incomplete pass that if it would have been complete would have been wiped out by a holding call. You have to settle for the field goal. It is what it is. It's 10 to 6 at that point. But then the next time, Florida State goes to punt the ball. Louisville takes the punter out, and you get the ball at the 12-yard line. The play to Nate Kariski, was it a touchdown? Was it not? Should they have reviewed it? Possibly. I mean, it depends on your interpretation of the rule um, in terms of continuing the catch after you make contact with the ground. But regardless, you still had opportunities. Second down, nothing happened there. Then you get to third down, and you end up throwing the interception, and that really cost the team there. I think, it honestly, that's where you lost all the momentum was on that play specifically because Louisville was really never able to get it back. Um, and I feel like that that's sort of been the storyline of the past two games, really three games, is that they've been able to stare momentum right in the face, but they've never been able to capture it, I feel like. It's like you open the door and momentum's standing right there and you exchange your greetings, you welcome them into the house, and then it says, eh, we'll see you later, and then walks out, gets in the car, and leaves. I feel like you've really never been able to secure the momentum in the past three games, and unfortunately, you lost two of those three. So, you know, you look at this offensive performance, and you can say what you want about Jack Plummer. Was Plummer perfect? No. Did he have a good performance? Not really. And like I said, if you were to ask him, he's probably telling you the same thing, right? But let's stop making it to where it's an only Jack Plummer issue. It's not just on Plummer, in my opinion. I felt like the offensive line really wasn't able to set the tone at the line of scrimmage. I mean, after all, Florida State had seven sacks on Jack Plummer. Some of them were because he held onto the ball too long. But uh, I would venture into saying that probably half, if not you know, 65 70% of it was that the Florida State pass rush was just getting to the quarterback, rushing four and dropping back. Um, you know, the rushing attack wasn't able to get going. And that forced Louisville to become one-dimensional throwing the football. And we've seen that be an issue. And I tried to say that that's what was concerning me was I felt like Virginia laid the blueprint out for Miami, Kentucky, and Florida State on how to try to neutralize this offense. Miami and Kentucky, well – they still allowed 30 points to Louisville respectively, but Florida State really was able to capitalize. Um, there were some dropped passes that really hurt the Cardinals, especially in the first half um, that I felt stalled out drives. And I think at times, you know, the play calling um, hurt the Cardinals. So to make a long story short, did Jack Plummer play great? No. Did the offensive line play great? No. Did the skill positions play great? No. Was the coaching great, you know, all the time? No. What I'm trying to say is that this was as, you know, balanced of this. The blame is is out there. It's balanced. Um, so, you know, you can criticize Jack all you want. And does he deserve criticism? Yes. Every single player on this offense deserves criticism. So that's just what I'm trying to get across is that we, you know, call it for what it is. And that was a very lackluster overall 
performance from this offense across the board. And there's really no other way of looking at it. Um, from missed opportunities, some of these were, I think it was a perfect storm of three things. Number one, Florida State's defense doing what they did and, um, you know, essentially forcing Louisville into bad spots, you know, uh, getting after the quarterback, forcing incompletions. You had the Florida State defense. Number two, you had missed penalties, um, missed pass interference calls that I definitely think had a direct a direct reflection on Louisville struggles, but it wasn't the end-all be-all. And number three, it was the self-inflicted mistakes. It was the turnover in the end zone. It was the intentional grounding on the next drive. It was the multiple dropped passes throughout the game. Um and I think it's just a perfect storm of a bunch of problems. It was the offensive line not doing a great job of setting the tone at the line of scrimmage. And on top of that, the uh, rushing attack wasn't able to succeed. The storyline all year has been Lowell's offense is really good when they're able to run the ball um, at their pace. And when you struggle to run the ball, the Louisville offense is put into a very vulnerable spot. So, that's my take on the situation. I'm interested to hear what you all have to say. Like I said, thank you all for tuning in to this live edition of the show. Leave a comment on your thoughts. Ask any questions that you may have. Um, you know, let it out. Um, you know, this is obviously not ideal to, to talk about a loss in the ACC championship game. But, yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean Hawley brings up a great point. The running game didn't do much either outside of one big run and a few bad penalties at spots hurt. There were some runs that were called back due to penalties. And when the Louisville got into situations where it was like first, second, and third, and over 10 yards, Cardinals really weren't able to do much. So the main thing here is now what happens next. That's a pretty complex question. What bowl, are, what, what bowl is Louisville going to go to? What's going to happen? And We'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, before we do that, like I said, I want to thank you all again for making Locked on Louisville your first listen every day. Um, also want to thank you all for tuning into this live edition of the show and following the show throughout the uh, regular season. Um, I appreciate all of the the new fans of the show that have tuned in and left their thoughts and everything, and um, uh, definitely very appreciative. So, But main thing now. What happens next? And I truly am kind of going back and forth on this one because it all stems, number one, with what's going to happen with Florida State. I truly believe that um, – before that, I do want to witness – I do want to make a point um, before I forget, and I should have mentioned this earlier, that – what makes this performance even more lackluster and tough to swallow is that if Florida State's quarterbacks were healthy and if Jordan Travis played this game, I there's no telling what the final score would have been. So um, I, I just want to get that point across. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we do wish Jordan Travis a very quick and full recovery. And uh, hopefully, you know, he's able to uh, recover without any um, health implications uh, down the line. But we wish him the best. Um, but back to the topic of discussion, sorry for kind of bouncing back and forth. Like I said, I, I'm kind of talking about this on the fly. So trying to navigate the discussion is a little bit easier said than done, but 
if you were to ask me before the season, if a 13-0 and Florida State team is right there, do they make it into the playoff? I'm looking at you like, <laughs> who else is out there that's going to contend with that? Everything that happened makes it to where on Sunday when those rankings are revealed, there's going to be a lot of people on the edge of their seat because I thought everything was going to go smooth unless Georgia lost to Alabama. And for the sake of anarchy, that is exactly what happened. So I have a hard time believing that a 13-0 Florida State team is not going to make it into the playoff. But as of right now, you have Michigan that's going to get in pretty much, I mean, hands down. You have Washington at 13-0 who's going to make it in as well. And then you have two spots. And there's a couple team lobbying for those two spots. I think that Ohio State and uh, Oregon are on the outside looking in, obviously. But you have Georgia, Alabama, Texas, and Florida State contending for four spots. Now, if you are going to look me in the eyes and tell me that this committee is going to leave out both of the SEC teams, I'm going to tell you, yeah, and I've got I've got some beachfront property that I need to sell you on the bank of the Ohio River. I don't see that happening at all. That that's just truly where my head is at. Um, now, granted, personally, I think a twelve and one Texas team with a head to head victory over Alabama probably should make it in over Alabama because why play the games if the head to head doesn't matter? But to make the case here, I think that would it be so far-fetched to suggest that both Georgia and Alabama make it? No. Could you see Texas also making it? I could. But I think it all depends. If Florida State makes the playoff, you're in the discussion for the Orange Bowl. If they don't make the playoff, well, you're obviously not in the Orange Bowl. So that's the main thing for me. Um, another thing to focus on is the rankings. Louisville's loss here doesn't necessarily put them in to a lock for an Orange Bowl bid because where NC State is at. Now, granted, Louisville has the head-to-head over NC State, but I really don't think that matters at this point. Cardinals are at 14, and NC State is at 19. The next team in the ACC, to my understanding, will make it to the Orange Bowl. And unfortunately, it to take Louisville out of that consideration, they were going to have to put a bad performance out there, and unfortunately, this was the worst offensive performance in quite some time. So it is what it is. We will see. I know it's a tough loss, and um, you know, I am not one for moral victories. I'm not one of those, oh, we lost, but type of guys. I I I value the win-loss record, and this feels a lot like 2016. Obviously, the team is better. In a, it's in a better situation than the 2016 team was because they are in the AC championship game. But losing out to uh, conclude the season takes a little bit of air out of the sails in terms of momentum. Um, but two things can be true at one time. I do think that for a team that was projected to finish eighth in the conference to make the ACC championship game at 10-2, and two, to exceed expectations, to beat Notre Dame, to win a couple of ranked wins, to win a couple of ranked matchups throughout the year. Um, all in all, 
I mean, I if you ask me, would you take a ten and three season with the loss in the AC championship game? If you ask me before the season, I'm saying yes, ten out of ten times. It puts a lot of emphasis on what needs to happen in the transfer portal, but it's a bright spot here in terms of what happened. I know it's hard to look at that because of how the season ended, and I'm make no mistake about it. I'm not happy about it. It hurts. It's painful. Um, you know, you want to win every game. And I am not a uh, very – I'm not good at taking losses. Um, I'm a sore loser at times. Um, but with this being said, I think we have to keep bigger picture in mind, silver lining, whatever the bowl destination is, um, the goal remains the same. That is to end the season on a high note. You got to the AC Championship game. It wasn't the performance that you wanted. No, it wasn't. The now test is you have to bounce back. And I said it, and with bowl season, you're going to see some movement all across the board. You're going to see players transfer out. You're going to see players commit to this program in the portal. I think the destination that is this Louisville football program is in a hell of a lot better spot on December 3rd of 2023 than it was on December 3rd of 2022. And that's, you know, it's a marathon and that's the bottom line here. So I'm not going to tell you how to fan. I, I, that's my biggest pet peeve. You know, it's a loss and it's a tough loss. And if you need some time to, to deal with it, take as much time as you need, but don't, don't stay in that headspace for too long because the, the, the future is bright here. And um, I truly believe that. I think we have the right person at the helm for this job. It's now a matter of ending the season on a positive note in the bowl game, regardless of who you play. And it's going into the portal and balling out like you did last season, getting your guys into this program and running it back in 2024. Let the narratives be what they are. They're going to be that way. There's going to be narratives surrounding this team. There's going to be narratives surrounding this program of them not being a legit team. It is what it is. This team succeeded this season. They exceeded expectations, but it's not over yet. We find out the destination. Um, by this time tomorrow, we will have found out the destination, um, I believe. So, um any last questions you all have? Any last comments? I'm going to take this time now to, to discuss some comments that were made. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the show. I know it's late, 1224 Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm excited to have so many people in the stream at this time. Um, I'm really, really uh, grateful for the growth that this show has had over the year. Um, Carson taking the starting role would be ideal. I mean, sure, I do think that this – program goes out and gets a uh, experienced quarterback in the portal this off season, but Clarkson will get an opportunity to contend. Christian says Pierce Clarkson needs another year to know the system, at least one or two. We need a portal quarterback. I think that that was always the plan all year long. I'll be completely honest. That was my understanding is that, and I think that Clarkson and Brady Allen knew that um, the plan was all along to go get a transfer portal quarterback in the off season to allow Clarkson more time Allen more time to learn this system. So, Dalton, do you think the A's, do you think the SEC will blow their lid when the SEC gets left out of the playoff? If that happens, the national reaction to that will be as monumental as it has ever been in college football. 
that that would be borderline unprecedented because obviously that hasn't happened yet. But to leave, let's be honest, are there four teams better than Georgia and Alabama? Hell no. I mean, there might not even be two teams. I mean, you're talking Michigan, Texas, maybe. I mean, and then maybe Washington, possibly. So it is what it is. But um, we'll see. Only time will tell. Thanks again for tuning into the stream. Um, that's going to wrap up this instant reaction podcast of the show. Um, if you like the content from this show, be sure to drop a, a like on the page, um, a subscription, whatever it may be. Um, I really don't know what else to say other than uh, it hurts. But regardless, the sun comes up tomorrow and um, we move on. So, Everyone have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great into your weekend. And we will see you right back here soon. Go Cards.